Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that revival would break out in Milton Keynes and we'd see a city on fire for Jesus. And Lord, I pray you'd use ordinary people like us, imperfect people of God. Holy Spirit, anoint people in this room to change and transform the city. There would be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. That people would come from nations to see what you do in the city. Holy Spirit, we pray use us as a community to be a part of that story. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 I don't know if you can find a seat. Thank you, worship team. Yeah. Can we give these guys a round of applause? Man. Thanks, baby. Fantastic. Wow. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you can turn to 1 Thessalonians 3 in the meantime. Uh, kids are, are heading out now. Like I've, I've given you a warning now. Um, we are going to be talking about dating, sexuality, sex in this session. And um, so if you'd prefer to be out, uh, now's your opportunity. Becky's a legend. Becky, do you want to just wave quickly? There we go. Um, and so, yeah, I'd encourage you. But equally, if your kids are like teenage years or something, I'd really encourage them to stay in because uh, they're going to hear about this stuff at school anyway. Amen. Amen. So who's ready for today? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Um, yo, my name's Dylan. If you don't know me, I have the privilege of being a part of this uh, church, this family, this community, and uh, leading the team that leads this church, which is such a privilege and an honor. Um, but we go, we're going to jump into some stuff here. Um, how, many of, how many parents are there here today? Could you raise your hands quickly? Okay. How many of you feel passionate? How many of you are concerned about your children dating one day? <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Um, yeah, so all the parents in the room are going to understand this. So uh, I want to say, as a new parent, I'm already concerned about it. She's 16 months old, and I'm already concerned. So I'm coming as a father today. So if I look, get a little bit passionate and ferocious, it's from that place of a father's heart. So can I, it's kind of throw this out there. We are family. We are community. And sometimes you need a strong word to make things clear. But equally, I pray that you hear it from a place of love. But also, I need it to be very clear. Amen? Amen. So when we talk about dating, we talk about courting, you might be sitting there saying, well, I'm married or I'm not married. I don't plan on dating. Why is this word relevant to me? Well, firstly, it's not all about you. Secondly, it's actually about a community because dating was never designed to be in isolation. It was always designed to be in community. Okay? You get that? So this whole idea that actually I'm just going to day, I'm going to do it separately from the church is such an unhealthy place. So what I'm trying to do is get a framework for us as a family and also look at relationships and say, this is very important because I think we can all understand there's a desperate need for clarity in these areas when you look at the Bible. So I wonder if you can, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, um, we're going to jump into there. But if you know in Genesis uh, chapter 2, let me just give a quick uh, two scriptures from here. It says this, uh, verse 18. And um, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good. Can you say, Not good? Not good. For the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Just remember, if you're a lady here today and you think that's sexist, well, remember, God was seen as a helper too. So, this, it's not a derogatory sense, it's actually a complementary sense that that word's used. And it says this, The Lord God had formed out of the ground all the animals, Adam, 
look to them. He's like, those aren't going to do. But it says, for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs. Can you say rib? rib. It wasn't a toe. Women weren't designed to be trampled on. They were designed to be alongside the man. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Come on. And it says, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with, fle with the flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. At the, um, I think it's the ESV says, he fashioned a woman. That's why women love fashion. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he formed the man and he fashioned the woman. It's biblical, ladies. <laughs> Tell your husbands I need to take you shopping after the service. Amen. Amen. <laughs> With your credit card. And he, said, and he brought it to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she has taken out a man. For this reason, a man will leave. Can you say leave? leave? His father and mother and be united to his wife. All the mothers in the room, you have to let go of your boys. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Don't try be the third wheel. Like, let them go. It says they will become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Can you say no shame? How many of you know that relationships are designed not to have shame in them? Yeah. Yet all the time and today in Christianity, some of you are sitting here today and you might go into a place of shame rather than a place of freedom. I want to encourage you to actually look at the gospel and hear the gospel heart for you today. Amen. Because we need to understand that dating is something. Who's been on a date here? Let's raise our hands quickly. Let's get this started here. Um, how many of you have had a bad date? Oh man, okay, we got a few. Um, now, I, I remember as a young guy, I went to all boys school. I didn't have much experience with the whole dating scene. I remember thinking, okay, here's how you date. Now, my wife's going to laugh at me in this. I thought, you know, in the movies, you're just going to look across the room. They're going to make eye contact and there's going to be an instant connection. And then you're going to get happily married ever after and it's all going to go well. Anyone thought that? You're just like, you know, your good looks will just attract them. They'll just come, you know, fly. Well, I want to tell you, me and my friend Ryan decided we're going to go try to find a lady. So we walked to um, the one shopping center. We just thought, if we just sit there and look cool, they'll just come to us. Sadly to say, they didn't. Because Ryan was ugly. I wasn't, you know. It <laughs> but... They, they, they didn't look at us. Why? Because we had to actually go and speak to them, I found out. And then we started, you know, this thing. And praise God, when Anna came along, she just looked across the room and fell madly in love with me. And the rest is history. And now we have a baby and we're here, you know. Uh, but no, with me and Anna, it was a journey. It was such a beautiful journey. I remember on uh, the, I think it was the second or third date, I, was, I, was so, I just wanted to honor Anna, but I was walking out. And she wasn't giving me her hand. Does anyone know that, that feeling? I'm like, do I grab the hand or not? This is like awkward pastor dating things here. And so I, I'm like the whole night, I'm there. I, I just want to hold her hand. You know, that, that was how I was rolling. And so eventually I said, um, can I hold your hand? <laughs> I actually asked her and she always laughs at me now. But we all have, you know, different experiences of dating. Because uh, I'd been out of the game for a while. Like, just leave, leave me alone. Um, but... <laughs> But here's the thing, is there's a loving community that we are part of, and we want to actually get dating well. But I just want to read you a story, which I found hilarious this week. Um, all the parents in the room will appreciate this. Um, it says, a mom came to visit her son, Josh, for dinner, who lives with a girl roommate, Kate. During the course of the meal, his mother couldn't help but notice how pretty Josh's roommate was. She had long been suspicious of a relationship between the two, and this had only made her more curious. 
So over the course of the evening, while watching the two interact, she started to wonder if there's anything more between Josh and his roommate than met the eye. Reading his mom's thought, Josh volunteered, I know what you must be thinking, but I assure you Kate and I are just roommates. About a week later, Kate came to Josh and said, ever since your mother came to dinner, I'm unable to find my new silver chopping board. You don't suppose she took it, do you? Josh said, well, I doubt it, but I'll email her just to be sure. So he sat down and wrote, dear mother, I'm not saying that you did take the silver chopping board from my house. I'm not saying that you did not take the silver chopping board from my house. But the fact remains that it has been missing ever since you were here for dinner. Love, Josh. Several days later, Josh received an email from his mother which read, Dear son, I'm not saying that you do sleep with Kate, and I'm not saying that you do not sleep with Kate. But the fact remains that if she was sleeping in her own bed, she would have found the silver chopping board by now under the pillow. Love, mom. <laughs> All the parents in the room say amen. <laughs> but yes... Here's the thing. Some of you think we're stupid. <laughs> we're not. We've all been young. We all know how the mind works. All the males in the room know how other men think. But the design of God was that actually relationships were designed to be a holy thing, a beautiful thing, a thing free from shame, and a thing for, for enjoyment in the kingdom. Now, they were designed to complement one, one another, not complete each other. The worst thing I see with dating today is that I'm going to find someone so that they complete me. You know how unhealthy that is? Because what ends up happening, you think, oh, well, I'm broken and they're going to fulfill my brokenness and then we're going to be whole. No, no, no. Two broken people make a big hole. A big mess. The most healthy place for a relationship to start and begin with is from a place of good relationship with God, good relationship with yourself, knowing yourself, getting to a certain place of healing so that when you come together, you actually multiply and you don't detract from one another. Amen. Oh, it's going to get... Who's re, are, Do you want to say Dylan? Yeah? yeah? Tell me as it is. Amen. You said it now, yeah? We all... We all <laughs> so, yeah, here's the thing. How many of you... Oh, gosh. I don't know if I should say this one. <laughs> How many of you think sex is good? How many of you think Christians should have the most sex in the world? Yeah. Do you know that something... <laughs> Some people are like, it's their first time. Oh, Dylan, please don't do this. Please don't do this. Look, I, guys, just so you know, I might cross the line today, but I pray that you would hear my heart as a father's heart. And if I do, I'll repent next week. But here's what I'm going to say. The first commandment in the Bible was to have sex. Be fruitful and multiply. Sex is not a bad thing, and the devil's stolen it from the church. A lot of people I know have been to church their whole lives and have never heard a sermon on sex. That is scary. And so dating, the part of dating and courting is to see, hey, look, we want to actually see, can this work for marriage so that one day we can have lots of sex together? <laughs> Amen. You're like, is it all about sex? No. But the bottom line is, if you're young, you're single right now, sex is on your mind. If you're old and you're married, sex is on your mind. And the good thing is, if you're married... You can have lots of it. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. All of us are going to grow in this sermon. I promise you. So here's the thing. Satan encourages us to have sex outside of marriage. And when you're married, he discourages you to have sex in marriage. 
That's how the enemy works. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says, Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God. Can you say please God? As in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. That's where I'm coming from today. You know the instructions we gave you by the authority of our Lord Jesus. This isn't just a guy's thought. This is actually the authority of Jesus Christ. You ready for it? It says, it is God's will. Can you say God's will? God's will. That you should be sanctified. That means you should be set apart for God. You should live a different life. That is God's will. Be like, I want to know God's will for my life. Well, here it is. You ready? It says this, that you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Can you say holy? holy. Can you say honorable? honorable? Not in passionate lust like heathen who do not know God. What he's saying here is if you're a Christian, your relationships should look different to the world. If you know God, your dating life should be different to your friends that don't know God. Because some of you are going to sit here today and think, Dylan is so out of touch with the world today. Look here, I'm in touch with the world today because I listen to the younger guys that I have the privilege of walking with and I learn what the world today thinks. And I'm telling you right now, the world where I was there was different. The world that Paul was writing into in 1 Thessalonians was even more immoral than a lot of stuff today. You don't believe me. You know what um, Demosthenes, um, one of the commentators from the Roman Empire at that time said, Bear with me on this one. He says, we keep prostitutes for pleasure, mistresses for day-to-day -day needs of our body, and wives for faithful guardianship of our homes. That was what the Roman culture was that he was writing into. So if you think, oh, we're just like a liberal society now, and this stuff is so out of touch with our day, you've got to understand what he was writing to here when he said, I want you to avoid sexual immorality. He's writing to a culture which celebrated sexual immorality. Yeah. So you're not just unique and it's like, oh, well, we have our phones now, so it's so hard for us. No, no, no. It's actually the same challenges they had then. It was even more celebrated out in the open. What he is writing here was a radical culture shift to the cultures around him. So as we as a church look and navigate this stuff, I want to encourage you to say, guys, True Life Church should look different. Your friends should look at you and say, you did what? I remember... I was with one of my, uh, a guy that I used to work with, um, and we were seeing there the three of them, and they were talking about their sexual exploits for the weekend. And I said to him, I was like, guys, no, no. And I said, well, surely you must have, you know, slept with lots of women before you got married. I'm like, no, I was actually a virgin. You could have heard a pin drop in the room. Josh, that was perfect timing, bro. I, I, I get <laughs> Oh, man. Benny always loved this church. I love this church. But he, but he has a deal. Is it was so countercultural to these guys, they couldn't believe it. And we were, I think it was a stag do for, I think it was Lou, oh no, it was someone else's stag do that we'd been on. And he's like, well, you must have gone to the strip joint. We didn't. It's like, really? It's like, no, why? Because I'm a Christian. We do things differently. So this whole idea that the church should look like the world and become like the world to reach the world is so crazy. It's ridiculous. We should be so different because holy means you are set apart. Yeah, so when we look at dating here, I'm giving you quite a big introduction here, is that actually there's a lot in here. And, and the hard part that I have to do today is it's not a commandment in the Bible to date. There wasn't dating in scripture. So there were arranged marriages. How many parents think we should go back to arranged marriages? Amen. <laughs> 
any fathers of daughters here? We're like, we're in. Let's go back. Back to the Bible. You know? <laughs> but here's the thing. There's things in the Bible that are descriptive and there are things that are prescriptive. Meaning some things are describing what happens. Some things are prescribing how we should do things. In this area of dating, it's a cultural reality that we have today. But there's no command to date. But there is a command to honor one another to the wedding day. You see the difference? And how we date needs to be there. How many of you think dating's a new thing or an old thing? Old thing. You know it's less than 100 years old. Dating in the form that we know today is less than 100 years old. Before, let's go a little history here. Is about the, they, we had arranged marriages all the way to the Middle Ages. Then you started getting this thing of marriages for love. It became more romantic in the upper classes. By the 19th century, we had a thing called calling where women would let and they'd call, literally call out in public to a man to let him know they were interested. <laughs> And it's like, don't, don't just get a picture of like a lady running into the street. I'm interested. <laughs> Pick me, I'm desperate. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what she said. But they should call out. And then what would happen? The guy would have to go to the parents to ask permission to date her. Which meant in their house in front of the parents. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that was the 19th century. And then by the early 20th century, if you didn't know, that was the last century, so the 1900s, we started, people started dating, and dating started, the word dating comes from a slang word which meant to get a prostitute. That's where it originated, just say. And it said this, it started with the urban poor, because what happened is, as urbanization happened, people went into cities, and houses weren't big enough to accommodate couples on the front porches of their houses. So it started going from family dating into the bar and the bedroom. So the shift of culture happened, and by the birth of the entertainment culture, which came in the last century, dating became fully disconnected from the family. Now, the sad part with today is sex used to be the celebration of a marriage. Today we start with sex, and then we think, oh, I'll get to know you afterwards. That is messed up. And the damage that that's causing to so many people is actually scary. And unless we start talking about this, it's actually going to have a massive impact on a generation to come. The amount of marriages that are going to be affected by this is scary. But some of you today, and I want to say this, are you going to be sitting there saying, Dylan, I've already messed up. I've already done this. I want to say, look, there is redemption, but there is repentance. There's a place where we get to, we say, actually, you know what? I've messed up, I made a mistake, but after hearing this, I'm deciding today, I'm changing the way that I date, I court, whatever it is, that I'm going to live in honor of God. Amen. Because that is the heart of the Father. Come on. So it says, um, so a, a few things about dating here that we're going to go into is this notice, Paul wrote this. In 1 Thessalonians 4, after 1 Thessalonians 2, where he talks about, I encouraged you as a father dealt with each of his own children. Encouraging, urging, and, and, and um, comforting you into the kingdom of God. That's the father's heart, and that's where this is from. But how many of you date with a shopping list? Some of you are like, he needs to be five foot eight tall. He needs to weigh... 75 kilograms. He needs to have a job that earns 40,000 pounds a year. He needs to have, you know, a family that looks like this. Let me tell you something. If you've got a list, a dating list, I want to encourage you, keep it short and keep it biblical. <laughs> sure. 
keep it short and keep it biblical because some of you have such an unrealistic expectation of this perfect human being that you're never ever going to find someone seriously you know, you, you need to get back to what does the Bible call me to? And the problem with this is it focuses on what's just skin deep rather than what's in the heart. Yeah. You know, actually getting to this point of actually, I want to date someone who loves Jesus, who is committed to follow of Jesus Christ, and dot, 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 have some standards, ladies. Can I say, oh, that went quiet. Wow. <laughs> have, some, <laughs> have some standards. Guys, have some standards. Don't fall for it. You know what I mean? Like people get stupid. Have, actually have something where you say, this I'm not, you know, and, and let someone who you know that loves you enough to tell you the truth when you're all loved up to say, don't be stupid. Remember what you said to me? Actually, there's a standard that you call to. Don't settle for less than that. Uh, number two is a lot of people are searching for the one. <laughs> I'm not going to get you to raise your hand because I'm going to butcher you if you do. And... <laughs> is some of you believe I'm, I'm going to find the one, the soulmate out there. And some of you believe in soulmates. Can I just challenge you with that? I think that is a totally unbiblical Christian belief. Now it's gone quiet. <laughs> because the amount of people that I meet that think I'm this guy, there's the one outside there for me. And when our souls connect, we're going to be one. And that means um, without them, I'm not completing that. That kind of thinking is crazy because all you need to do is one person marry the wrong person. And then it messes the whole thing up for generations to come. <laughs> think of like COVID, exponential, the R rate. Remember that? It's like, this, it just starts multiplying. And what happens is people have this romantic thing of, oh, I'm going to find the one. And they, you know, they're, they're my other half. They're not your other half. They're a whole person without you. It's true. You, you do. Some of you are like, oh, Dylan, I don't know. If, uh, am, I, am I okay to preach like this? This is okay. Cool. I, I need your support here today. Um, if, even if you don't give, I'm going to do it. Um, but do you know where that comes from? Plato. Greek mythology. You know, and in the symposium, any of you Greek mythology scholars here, um, he talked about a rebellion against Zeus, where all the people united against Zeus. And what did he come down? He came down and he split the people into two. And after that, we're always seeking for our other half. That's where soulmate comes from, Greek mythology. And Christians imported into their marriages, and then they hit a hard time in their marriage, and they think, oh, maybe I chose the wrong one. Therefore, I'm going to run off for the other one. No, 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 no. As Tim Keller said, this sounds a lot less romantic. Every person is a bad match at some degree. The job of dating is to find the one that's the lesser degree. <laughs> some of the ladies' hearts are being broken right now. I, I, I can just see it happening. Like, I thought he was my other half. You know, he's not. When, remember when you're angry and frustrated at him? Does that mean he's like your other perfect half? Why do you think there's conflict? Because all of us are mismatched at some degree. But the, the power of covenant conquers that. Amen. Mm. I can see some nice emails coming through this week. Send them to admin at truelifechurch.co.uk. There's, there's a recycling bin connected to that. Some of you date like Moses and the burning bush. Now, some, and this is very unhealthy. Some of you think you over-spiritualize dating. Some of you under-spiritualize it. Some of you are like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, 
guys are really bad at this. I remember being at youth group and they would come out with this all the time. The Lord told me to marry you. <laughs> guys, 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 guys. If any of you have done that at True Life Church, repent right now before I get to you. Because ladies, can you please next time just say, well, he didn't inform me. Because what you're doing is you're trying to over-spiritualize this thing of dating. Because if you knew that God had told you two to be married, you'd just get married. Why would you date? If it was that, The point of dating and courting is actually to say, I want to get to know you so that I can see, can this work for marriage in the long run? That's the purpose. If we were so certain that this was exactly what we were meant to do, what would be the point of dating? There wouldn't be a point. So what we got to understand is that we don't over-spiritualize it, we don't under-spiritualize it, but don't bring the God card. And when you break up, don't blame God. Well, God just told me it wasn't right. That's called passive-aggressive. That's cowardly. You need to be, if you break up, man, you need to man up. Woman, if you break up, you need to woman up. And actually just say, look, it's not working out. It's been great. But um, let's honor one another and leave from here. Amen? Yes, it's gone really quiet now. The fourth group of you. <laughs> there's a fourth. I don't know. I'm just going through these points here. Fourth group. <laughs> these are the guys that really annoy me. <laughs> 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 Oh, man. Am I being direct enough? Am I clear enough? Okay, good. Um, this, this is a great... <laughs> I do love this group. Don't worry. Is, they're the ones like, we're just hanging out. All the time. I'm like, wait, are you dating or aren't you dating? No, well, I don't know. We just, you know, we, uh, don't. What are you doing? <laughs> if you're dating, call it what it is. You obviously get to know each other. You can go on a date or two or whatever. But if you're spending all your time together with someone of the opposite sex, I probably think you're dating. And you're trying to avoid the commitment element of that relationship. Seriously. And we're, we're just hanging up because what happens is no clarity and there's no conviction. So either the, the, the lady's left in confusion or the guy's left in confusion and there's all this insecurity that comes with it. Rather than be like, hey, we're getting to know each other and oh, we're going to start dating now. Awesome. We've, we've chatted to one or two mentors in the church and we think we're ready to explore this and see how this goes. How many of you ladies would love that clarity if a man led like that? Yeah, no hands went up. Great. <laughs> oh, gosh. And can I say with this group, if you're not ready to move towards marriage, don't lead someone on. Stop wasting people's time. If, you, if you're like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, get to know them for the next two years. And then we'll start dating for the next five years. Uh, seriously, you're not ready to commit to someone on a dating relationship. Amen. Wow. The Bible says in Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 7, Do not awake or arouse love until it's time. So much wisdom. I watch people, they jump into relationships and it's just like, I'm just so in love. Oh my goodness. And it's just, you've aroused and awakened love before it's time. And so many problems come from that. Rather, just get to know someone just on a surface level. Get to just go on a coffee and talk about normal stuff. Yeah. Is this wisdom? Is that okay? Wow. Men in True Life Church, I believe that you are called to take the first step. 
You are called to lead and initiate. So do it. If you're a man in this house, you have a greater responsibility in a relationship. Say, Dylan, really? Is that even biblical? Genesis 2, who, Genesis 3, who ate the fruit? Both. Who gave it to Adam? Eve. Who did God come to to hold responsible first? Adam. So in a relationship, oh, no, you're she did. No, 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 no. You're the man. Initiate, lead, and be responsible. That's part of the calling of God in your life. You need, honestly, this is not talked about enough. Because I, I want a man who initiates and leads. When if it, My grace, I'm telling you now, he better be a strong-willed man who leads and initiates and serves my daughter. <laughs> he does. You call it an interview process, I'll call it something else. <laughs> I, I call it the octagon cage fight, you know. <laughs> but here's the thing. Men, we were created to risk, to take the fear of rejection. You know, guys are like, oh, I'm too afraid to, what, what if she doesn't like me? Well, that's part of being a man, initiate and serve. And ladies, if he's not got the courage to approach you and initiate, he's not worth it. Yes. Thank you. Or the guy, I just see people, some are laughing, some are looking angry. I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah, here's some guidance for how we want to date. Is this okay? Am, am, I, am I preaching today? Come on, we, we've, got, we've got to talk about this stuff. Here's some 10, <laughs> 10 quick points on guidance here. I'm actually giving you points. That's how passionate I'm about this preach today. It's number one, the aim of dating and courting should be to see, can this work for marriage? Christians, I don't see a point of dating other than that. If your ultimate aim isn't to see, can this work? I'm, now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't go out on your first date and say, well, um, you know, I'd really like to marry you. <laughs> if that's you, please, ladies, if a guy does that, run! <laughs> get out of the coffee shop. Get out of the lunch place where you are. Run! <laughs> If he's bringing up the M word before you've even got to know him, something's wrong. But in both of your minds, if you're not ready to say, can this work for marriage? Don't get involved in the first place. <laughs> There's no such thing as casual dating in Christianity. I really believe that's a very unhealthy thing. Friendship first, because ultimately a marriage is built on friendship. Amen? Amen. Number two, can I encourage you, date a Christian. As a born-again believer in Christ, can I encourage you I, with all of my heart, and, and I'm going to be a little more controversial here, 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with the unbeliever. What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? But can I take it one step further? Can I say date a Christian who's on a, spirit, a similar spiritual temperature as yourself? Because so often people are like, Well, he's a Christian. I mean, he has a Bible under his bed that has dust all over it. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You need someone who is of a similar spiritual temperament and temperature as you, who you're going to be able to journey with God together. I remember one person saying, when you're looking for someone to date, run after Jesus and the person who's keeping up with you, date that person. I think there's wisdom in that. Who's keeping up? I'm going for it, you know? And some of you will be like, Dylan, ah, but God's used relationships before where someone's a non-creator, whatever. I get that, and I'm not having a go at anyone here. But can I just encourage you? I've also dealt with the other side 
where it doesn't work out. And so there's redemptive hope in all of this. But I, and I know a wonderful couples who dated, like all of that. I get that. But let me just say, as a Christian born again, can I encourage you, honor this verse. Because what it does is, I've, uh, their marriage, we have a couple, and this really actually angered me quite a lot, where the guy was a Christian, she was a non-Christian, he said, I'm only going to marry her if she becomes a Christian. Five years later, can, can anyone just say five, please? Five years later, he decides, Actually, well, she hasn't become a Christian, so I have to break up with her. You know what that is, guys? That is ungodly. That is not fair on that woman. So, yeah. <laughs> Next point. <laughs> guys, I, I get passionate about this because honestly, as a father in this house, I believe in every young couple here today. And I want what's best for you as a father. And also, I know that you one day will have children and you'll want what's best for them. And you can set a new standard for their generation. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Um, number three, honor. Honor, 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 honor. Can you say honor? honor? Who thinks dating is about dishonor? Praise God. We're all on the same page. Dating is... Uh, Willem, could you turn your phone off, please? Um, <laughs> It's actually my phone. <laughs> Could you get with the program, bro? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but honor. This is now again. Please, if I offend you in this moment, I love you, but I'm not going to change on this one. Some of you really need to figure out how to honor the opposite sex. I'm not just talking about in a dating relationship. I'm talking about in a friendship relationship. Because here's, here's what it says, you know, 1 Timothy 5 verse 1 to 2, it says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. It says, Treat older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with absolute purity, and younger men as brothers. Notice the one that got absolute purity was younger women. And in our church, we want this to be a safe place where women are honored and treasured. And we look at them and we say, actually, we're going to treat you with absolute purity. What is absolute purity? It's, it's an absolute, it's not like partial purity, absolute purity. Beautiful. So what he's doing is he's bringing the church relationship into family here. And this is what I say, if you're a bit older today and you're like, hey, this doesn't really relate to me. It does because the heart of this church is that young couples could come and journey with older couples here and say, hey, we want to be accountable with you. We don't want to be controlled by you. I don't think anyone wants to be controlled, but we're here to serve you and walk with you. I think every couple that I know that we're journeying with would say that it's a beautiful relationship. Because yeah, yeah. we can journey, we can talk, and we get real. We talk about the tough things. Mm. Why? Because we love you. But if you're asking the question, how far can I go? You're asking the totally wrong question. You should be asking, how much can I honor this person above myself? That's the question you should be asking. And can I say... It might get a little quiet in the church now. Is if it doesn't work out, which I know everyone who's in love thinks it's always going to work out, there will be times it doesn't. Can you still be part of the same church, which I pray you can? But also, could you walk up to the person you're dating's future spouse on their wedding day and say, hey, it was a privilege. I, I honored this daughter of God, your wife, even when I dated her. And look him in the eye. And same thing on the other side. You see, that's a culture of honor. 
where we actually see value in the person, where we're not just thinking, what can I get from them sexually, but how can I honor them relationally? Yeah. Amen? <laughs> Yo, it's gone quiet. You know, because boundaries, we're going to have a session on boundaries in two weeks' time, so we are going to hit it more, so I'm, I don't need to spend too much time. Get ready for that one, hey? It's going to be good. Um, but ca- can I just say this thing is, some of you like to do this. Uh, it's a younger, well, I don't think it's a younger thing. It probably happened in my generation. I was out of touch. But this whole thing, we're just kissing, but we're not dating. Uh, some parents are like frowning at me right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know about this as well. I was like, we're not dating, but we're just making out. That, is anyone else here confused? You just run around like kissing random people. That, guys. Can I say something? Like maybe I'm old school, but what? <laughs> Why are you kissing if you're not dating? If you're not willing to commit to even a dating relationship, what are you doing? <laughs> Seriously. If some, oh man, some people are like, oh Dylan, it's just like a Gen Z thing. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you this. Gen Zs, if that's what you think, it doesn't make it right just because it's a Gen Z thing. This is the Jesus thing we're talking about. Is that really honoring of the other? Like, what are you saying? I just want to get something physically from you, but with absolutely no relational connection? Craziness. Absolute craziness. Um, And my question to you on that is Song of Songs 2 is, are you rousing or awakening love before it's time? Why are you making out if you're not willing to commit to the person? I mean, let me just be honest. As a dad, if some guy's like, I'm just kissing your daughter, but I'm not wanting to commit to danger, I would slap him. Like genuinely, as a father, like how many dads would tolerate that? I wouldn't. Why? Because it's my daughter. Amen. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we're going to have a few people leaving over this. Um, <laughs> the Bible says, learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. You know what that means? Is you have a body that you need to learn to control. I can't control your body. It doesn't say leaders control the bodies of your people. No, 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 no. I can teach you and I can give you a foundation here. But you ultimately have the responsibility here to say, I want to learn to control my body in a way that is holy and honorable and not like someone who doesn't know Christ. Amen. So, and I've said this before, when you're single, this thing of dating looks like one thing. When you're a parent, it looks like another. And as a father, you start seeing things differently. And most people here at some point will end up having children. I want to encourage you, honor them like you want your child to be honored. Amen? Amen. Come on, I'm urging you guys there. Can I encourage you? Now this, uh, again, you might say, Dylan, this isn't in the Bible. I'm just trying to give you wisdom here. Is maybe delay kissing for a little bit. Maybe just like go on a date without the physical. Because the quicker you go into the physical, the harder it's going to be to honor the boundaries in the physical. Yeah. Is that okay? Because if we're going to treat each other as brothers and sisters, maybe it starts with that foundation first before you just start thinking about physical, getting something from someone. Amen. Number four, do da- let's date in community. Let's date in community. You know, some couples, I get together and I, I mean, me and Anna weren't the best, but you like kind of run off and they disappear. I want to say this, don't do that. Let's be a couples that actually, let's date in community. Like, go out with another couple. Say, let's just go out for lunch or dinner or whatever. Get to know each other. Oh, I just want to be with them alone. 
Just remember, that's less than a century old, that thinking. Start thinking, how did people do this before? Maybe something different needs to happen. Amen? Amen. Come on. Um, number five, men are more physical, generally. Women tend to be more emotional, generally. Now, statistically, it's like a quarter or whatever, three quarters. So it's a quite a big difference. But it says, don't get caught up in the physical and don't get too caught up in the emotional. Because sometimes we give ourselves emotionally to someone before we give ourselves sexually. My question to you is, when you get married one day, you want to be able to give them not just your physical gift of virginity or your sexual purity that you've kept from the day I'm challenging you today till that wedding day, but actually you want to be able to give yourselves emotionally to your spouse as well that you haven't given to every other girl that you've dated. Amen. How am I doing time? Sorry, I don't actually have my phone. <laughs> 12, okay, I'm going to close now. now. Um, can I say number six, don't say love too early. You know how many people say love on the first date? How many of you parents are like, you don't know what love is? <laughs> you don't know what love is. And some guy's like, oh, I love you. I love you. I'm like, no, you don't. Re let's redeem the word love. Let's redeem love in the Christian community again. And so actually, I'm reserving that to a point where actually, I, I love you. You know, it, it should carry weight. It's not something we've given to every single other person. It's actually something we've reserved for the person that we, we've got to know in a dating relationship. Amen? Amen. Come on. Uh, number seven is, oh, number six is, don't attach yourself too quickly to somebody. If you are insecure, this is a big challenge to you. Because some of you want to be like, oh, he's going to complete me. I'm just going to, you know, run after him and give him everything. No, 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 no. Your insecurity will be preyed upon. You need to be secure in Christ before. And I encourage you, get your identity in Christ secure before just jumping too quickly into a relationship. Amen. Uh, sure. And I've got to, pre I've got to say this. Um, watch out with your online presence. Um, some of you will be trying to meet people online, dating websites, Christian dating. Can I just encourage you with that? Please be careful. Please be careful. <laughs> Please actually do some research and let someone in the church know if you are going down that road. There's no, like, guys, we, I get it, we're in the 21st century, but please don't just think, this person could be someone that they're not. <laughs> So if you're going to go down that route, please make sure, come and speak to a leader, let someone know what's going on. Because especially if you're meeting up with some stranger, just make sure it's legitimate. You can actually check someone's social media. There's ways to do stuff. Um, but just be careful with that. But also with your boundaries when you're dating, people are talking to each other till like ridiculous times in the night and the day. And can I encourage you, a lot of couples that I walk with to say, get a good night's sleep. You know, you, you're not, you need some form of boundary between you. And if online is constantly in your face, you have no break from it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't try to live like you're married before you are married. Yeah. Actually, give some space to each other. Amen. There's some health in that. Amen? Amen? Come on. And on this point, can I say, guys, please do not ask a girl out over text. Yes. Can, can I beg you and plead with you? Ange is preaching now. Ange, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> if you, oh man. If you don't have the courage to go and speak to the person that you've been dating for months and say, sorry, this didn't work out and honor them and be, you know, real about it. I'm sorry, you are a coward. 
I'm not sorry. You are a coward. You need to have that courage, friends. We, we need to honor one another and have brave, I love that phrase, brave communication with one another. Amen. Um, I'll close here is um, Song of Songs 250. It says, watch out for the little foxes that were in the vineyard. And can I say this? Deal with your foxes. Deal with your foxes before you date ideally. Because those foxes will eat you. They will eat your relationship. They will destroy your relationship. Deal with the little foxes. You know what little foxes I'm talking about? The insecurities, the family issues, the father issues, the brokenness, drinking culture, whatever it is that you need to deal with, deal with it. Deal with it ruthlessly. Why? Because the, the battles that you win in your singleness will be victories that you take into your marriages. So if you're not willing to fight those battles in your singleness, some people are like, oh, if I, you know, I'll get married and then all my sexual um, you know, thoughts will just be dealt with. No, 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 no. If you have sexual brokenness, if you have porn addictions, they are going to go with you into your marriages. Yep. You need to deal with that stuff whilst you're single, whilst you are dating, whatever. I'd really encourage singleness. If you are single, enjoy your singleness. Enjoy it. Make the most of it. Genuinely, make, make the, you're going to have the most time in your life that you've ever had to pursue Christ. Enjoy it and make the most of it. Amen. And can I just say this? Um, worship team, would you guys mind coming up, please? Because I'd like to. It looks like a bus has driven over some of you. Um, <laughs> in a good way. It's a, it's a godly bus. Yeah. You, know, you know what's funny about this? Can I just say this? As, as a, a father in this house, is I had a youth leader who I'm so grateful to God for, where he came in when I was 16 years old, and he just gave it to us. He told us exactly how it was, and he preached a lot of the stuff that I'm preaching to you today. And you know something? It was the best thing, and it's, it allowed me to give something to Anna that I wouldn't have otherwise given to her. Because the man loved us enough to tell us as it is. Amen. And I'm telling you now, we can rebuild the culture. But can I just say this? Um, in dating and that, watch your drinking. Watch your drinking. Because you know how many sexual boundaries are crossed where people have had too many drinks in them. You know what the Bible says? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. There's a thing, and uh, again, I preach this a lot. Drunkenness is a sin. Don't fall for it. Because so many regrets happen on a drunken night out. And can I, this one's going to be controversial. But if you love going to nightclubs, can I really challenge you on that? And say, if you're going to try and pursue or find a girl or a guy at a nightclub, genuinely, genuinely, genuinely don't do it. The local church is the best place. That's not popular, I know. But let me ask you a question. Why are people going to nightclubs? Drink? Drunk? Drugs? Sex? I just want, like dancing. I get it. I get it. Some of you are like, yeah, yeah. This is learn to control your own body in a way that's holy and honorable. As a father, I can only urge you here and say, consider what fruit that's bearing in your life. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Wow. This is going well. Um, can we stand, please? Can we stand? Hmm. The... The Bible says in, in Thessalonians 4.3, it's God's will that you should be sanctified, meaning you should be cleansed and set apart. But you know what I love about this? Um, is In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23, it says, May God himself 
The God of peace sanctify you through and through. You see, there's a part that you have to play and there's a part that God plays. And you bring them both together here. You might be like, I'm just going to date in my own strength. You can't. You need God. But also you might be like, God's just going to keep us pure, but we're just going to, you know, do whatever. No, 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 no. You need both. You need your mind and you need God's mind. You need your will and you need God's will. And you need to partner with God. Amen. So what I want to encourage you. So can we just turn it down a little bit? Is... um is that we are sanctified by God. This isn't just a law thing of, hey, you can't do this, you can do this. It's saying, actually, these are, these are God's hearts for you in a loving relationship with you. And if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed right now and saying, Dylan, I just don't know if I... Here's what I'm going to say, is actually Jesus has grace for you today. And He cleanses us. And, he, and, and the amount of people in this room that I could get up to share testimonies where they have messed up in this area, and they've actually made a decision, actually to our wedding day, we're going to honor one another and not sleep together. And we're going to get to our wedding day in purity. Those are victories. And so I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, is this is a time to make decisions that define your destinies. Amen. So what I encourage you to do now is as we worship, I want to encourage, if you need prayer for anything, please come to the front. Dan and Andrew, do you mind praying? for guys and if you need help just can a few people jump out but it's come to the front here and they'll pray for you it doesn't have to be you know something hectic so don't feel like oh if i walk down everyone's gonna think this is <laughs> if you need prayer just come down as a couple so if you're just like we need to just redefine how we're dating that's okay it's good come out amen